Hi, I'm Rob Beckett, and I'm the host of the Rural Revitalization Podcast. The Rural Revitalization Network is committed to encouraging pastors, churches, and communities throughout rural America to engage, equip, and empower through local resources to build God's church. Welcome to Episode 3 of the Rural Revitalization Podcast. Today, we want to be talking about churches that are going from smoldering embers to revival fire and what is needed for that to happen. One of the things that we want to look at today is what's the circumstances and what are the situations that are needed for a church to turn around from smoldering embers to revival fire. Remember, for resources and the latest downloads, you can go to our new updated website, which is ruralrevitalization.net. And you can also go and join our Facebook page, Rural Revitalization Network, with other pastors and other leaders. Go to Rural Revitalization Network. George Barna says that a church cannot be turned around until a contingent or a remnant of the people is so firmly committed to the ministry of the church that they will sacrifice almost anything for the good of the church to the glory of God. It is no wonder that so many churches are struggling. The fire in the church has turned to smoldering ashes. Until the people of the church receive and recognize the vision and the purpose that God has for that particular congregation, nothing will happen of any significance. It will be like cooking on the stove with no heat source. Leadership nor committees can come up with all the programs and the activities to bring the church back to revitalization. They can think of and put all kinds of money to make productions and projects attractive and appealing that they want, but until the church is following and obeying the vision of God that he places in them, It will result in human effort at best and human results at worst, which is inadequate compared to God's effort and God's intended results. I'm reminded of Leviticus uh, chapter 6 verse 13 that says, The fire must be kept burning on the altar continuously. It must not go out. This is the root of the problem that most churches that are in decline face. They do not tend to the fire. They do not uh, add to the fire. They don't bring anything to the fire. And what happens? It dies out. Some of the many definitions of tend is to apply oneself to the care of and to have or to take charge of as a caretaker or an overseer. God is telling the church that we must take care of and stoke the heavenly fire that the Holy Spirit provides and brings to us. But we can be neglectful and distracted and take our eyes off the vision that God provides for us. And when this happens, we must seek to rekindle those fires in our church. Somewhere in the beginning of the history of the church that you're in, the church that you pastor, the church that you lead, the one that you attend right now, someone had a vision and a fire that God had placed in them to start that church in that place at that time. It is time to reestablish and rekindle that fire. 
Let me tell you about our new webpage, Rural Revitalization Network. You will find announcements of upcoming in-person events and online seminars that you will be able to register and attend. Under resources, you'll find our recommended books to help you to navigate uncharted territory and ministry for small and rural churches, assessment tools for pastors and leadership, church, and even communities, and also our podcasts and our blog articles that will come out every week that you'll be able to go and archive to go back and see what we have posted in the past. Also, there is a donate button that you can go on and help support this effort so that we can carry this message to other churches and other pastors. So check it out, ruralrevitalization.net. That is ruralrevitalization.net. At some time, God places a vision and a burning desire in someone to start that church that you're leading right now, to do ministry right there in that spot. But over time, many times, that fire grows cold or completely dies out. There are many factors that are involved in a church that has lost its fire. It doesn't happen overnight or by deliberate decisions of neglect or disobedience. But from time, from routine, from satisfaction with status quo, people getting old, and plainly being tired from many years of work, no one consciously chooses to grow cold. It moves in slowly and without much notice. John records uh, in Revelation 3, 1 through 3, he says this, And to the angel of the church in Sardis write, These things, says he, who has the seven spirits of God and the seven stars, I know your works, that you have a name, that you are alive, but you are dead. Be watchful and strengthen the things which remain, that are ready to die, for I have not found your works perfect before God. Remember, therefore, how you have received and heard, hold fast and repent. Therefore, if you will not watch, I will come unto you as a thief, and you will not know what hour I will come unto you. That is not what we want to hear from our Lord and Savior about our church. So many churches today are plateauing and declining and dying because we have left uh, our, our first love, our first um, fire that, that started in us. Be watchful and strengthen the things that remain is the key to the whole problem. Jesus says, I know your works. They were still doing things, but it was things that was not bringing life to them because Jesus was continues by saying, you have a reputation of being alive, but you are dead. Like a coal removed from the fire, they were dying out and dwindling away like a smoldering ember. Starting and keeping a fire can be difficult work many times. There must be the right conditions and appropriate materials for a fire to be strong and to burn hot. The wood must first be dry and not damp or wet for the fire to take off. Have you ever heard the phrase, I don't want to pour water on his or her wood? 
What this means is that they don't want to be an obstacle or a hindrance to the plans of someone else. Anyone building a fire knows that you must start with dry kindling that will take a flame very easily. The kindling must be uh, in small pieces so that the flame catches quickly and easily. Starting with highly combustible materials will give you a good start and a higher rate of success of a good fire. So in the church life, small steps and small winds help to fuel the flame in any church regardless of the size. Small winds, such as the congregation coming together and to clean up the church property or fixing neglected repairs that needed to be done years ago, fresh paint on tired walls or washing dirty windows or pulling the weeds around the church sign, replacing those flickering uh, fluorescent lights with LEDs can cause a spark of excitement to occur. What happens is the congregation can renew a fresh sense of honoring God with excellence in the church property. It all starts with small steps. A small step like a free cookout using a couple of grills that most guys have and invite the community to come have a hot dog or a hamburger with them. It's easy and most people do that anyway, so why not for the community and the neighbors around you? Small things can lead to anything. Churchyard sales are great ways to make connection points with the community and benefit the church at the same time. Don't just make uh, money and revenue uh, as a source, but use it as a way to interact with others and even possibly create relationships with people that you didn't know before. Um, it's a great way to open doors to conversations about who you are and, and what you believe and, and what you're doing. Uh, I'm, I remember and I think about every yard sale we've ever had at our church. Uh, it, it just seems like inevitably at least one or two people will ask, well, what do you all believe or, or you know, uh, how do you worship and, and some of these things. And what it is, they're asking questions about our church, who we are, what we believe, what we do. And, and it gives us an opportunity to say, hey, uh, you know, we're just a, a, a small congregation, but we sure come together and uh, we would love to be able to love on you and your family and, and it gives you an opportunity to invite them. It has never failed that each time a church has one of these yard sales, people uh, do this. And it gives you an opportunity to tell them the times of the service and what we believe. Small things can start bigger things with the right fuel for the fire. So the bigger the flame of any fire gets, then the bigger the wood that goes on the fire. Small steps lead to bigger steps. Bigger steps could include uh, maybe a VBS for children or intentional outreach opportunities like volunteering a community events that already exist, being part of the volunteer force in a local parade or city or county fairs, setting up church booths at local events and finding ways to become part of the fa fabric of the community that the church is in already. The more fuel or wood that is added to the flame, the hotter that it grows and becomes. More wood, more oxygen, hotter the fire. This is the natural progression of fire, 
And it is also true of the fire of the church congregation also. The more obedient and faithfulness that the congregation follows God's leading, then the hotter and the more the fire spreads in the church. The beautiful thing about this fire is that the the more it burns in the church, the more that it is recognized by the community that is around it. When fires take off, everyone takes notice. People take notice of the glow of tremendous fires, and they take notice of the heat that is emitted from them. God's holy fire is no different than any other. When the fire is hot and burning, then people take notice what God is doing and cannot help but to uh, be affected by its warming glow. So, how and why is the fire so important and essential for the life of the church? In Leviticus, it is mentioned several times that the fire in the altar was to burn continuously. God wanted a perpetual fire burning there, and he must have had a very good reason for that to remain. The fire was the very representation of God himself. Before the law was ever given, God appeared to Moses in flames of fire from within a bush on the backside of the desert. Moses recognized as he gazed into the site before him that even though the bush was on fire, it did not burn up or, uh, or was it being consumed. God chose the appearance of a continuous fire when choosing, uh, calling Moses to lead the people out of Egypt into a new land. Later, when God was leading the Israelites out of Egypt, God appeared as a pillar of fire at night. Then came the law. Outside the temple, the fire for the burnt offering was commanded to be kept burning, never was it to be extinguished. The fire must be kept burning on the altar continuously. It must not go out. This is mentioned three times in this chapter of Leviticus in chapters 9, 12, and 13. Churches today can try to create an atmosphere of emotional and spiritual awakening. But nothing will replace the Almighty God Himself in your church through the Holy Spirit. The second thing that the fire uh, represented was the demonstration of his power. Another reason the ongoing fire was so important is that it was started directly by God. uh, Scripture says that fire came out from the presence of the Lord and consumed the burnt offering and the fat portions of the altar. And when all the people saw it, they shouted for joy and fell face down. So, for this reason, the fire on the altar serves as a constant reminder of God's power. It was a manifestation from heaven. No other source of fire was acceptable to God. The church can try to manufacture and duplicate, but nothing other than the real fire that only comes from God will work for the church. The manifestation of the Holy Spirit in having free reign in the people and in the services will only do for God. And then the third thing, the fire also represented God's presence. 
God is a consuming fire. The Shinnina glory was visible in the fire at the altar of burnt offerings. Shinnina glory is a form of a Hebrew word that literally means he caused to dwell, signifying that it was a divine visitation of the presence or dwelling of the Lord God on this earth in their place of standing. This ongoing presence of God reminded the Israelites that salvation of the Lord and the atonement made at the burnt offering would only be made through him. In our churches, we must allow and tend to the fire and presence of God in our church through uh, life throughout our services, our ministries, and our church fellowship. The, fir- the fire must not go out for any reason. For everything we do as a church will be hollow and shallow without it. And then finally, the fire represented the purity of God. In the New Testament, John the Baptist said that the Messiah would baptize with the Spirit and with fire. Fire served as a sign of judgment and refining. But it also reminds us the Holy Spirit's coming at Pentecost in the form of the tongues of fire. What our churches need that are plateauing and declining is a renewed and rekindled pure fire that only the Holy Spirit can bring. Churches are smoldering embers, shadows of past glory, dying out because for one reason or another have reduced their life to ashes. We need to expose ourselves to the consuming fire of God and allow him to burn away anything that is not like him in our churches. The continuously burning divine fire at the altar of of burnt offering helped remind the Israelites the reality of God's presence and of their need for God. The sacred fire endured throughout the 40 years in the desert and likely beyond that as temple worship continued until the time of King Solomon and the building of the Jewish temple. When the temple was dedicated, God once again lit the fire on the altar. Let us let God light the fire in and on us again. The same way that he did when your church first started, may the remnant of people in your church start praying and seeking the fire from heaven that only God can provide for you. May the fire get inside each and every person in such a way that they will be willing to do anything that God commands them, that they will do it without abandonment. May the fire that is from God be on the altar of the people and your church be a continual burning fire that is not put out and is always tended and stoked. May the fire that comes to your church Reflect his appearance, demonstrate his power, manifest his presence, and most of all, cleanse and uh, purify each and every one for the furtherance of his glorious kingdom. There's a story that a member of a certain church who previously had been attending services regularly stopped going. After a few weeks, the pastor decided to pay the fellow a visit 
And it was a chilly evening in the early winter. The pastor, upon arrival, found the man at home alone, sitting before a blazing fire. Guessing the reason for his pastor's visit, the man welcomed him in, led him to a big chair near the fireplace, and waited for, for sure to come questioning to why he had not been to services uh, as of late. The pastor made himself comfortable in the chair, but said nothing. In the grave silence, he contemplated the play of the flames around the burning logs in the fireplace. After some minutes, the pastor took the fire tongs and carefully picked up a brightly burning ember and placed it to one side of the hearth all alone. Then he sat back in his chair. Still silent, not saying a word, the fellow watched all this in quite fascination. Watching rather intently, they both observed that the one lone ember's flame diminished. There was a momentary glow, and then it, its fire had was no more. Soon it was cold and dead as a doornail. Not a word had been spoken since the initial greeting. Just before the pastor was ready to leave, he picked up the coal, dead ember and placed it back into the middle of the fire. Immediately, it began to glow once more with the light and the warmth of the burning coals around it. As the pastor got out of the chair and reached for the door to leave, his host said, Thank you so much for your visit and especially for the fiery sermon. I shall be back in church next Sunday. Staying in the midst of the fire is vital for the well-being of the churchgoer, but for the church body also. The fire of God needs to be tended and cared for in our midst and never allowed to go out or we will start to die and grow cold. Lack of fire in the church is a result of neglect and not keeping first things first. Let us not neglect our first love.